Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. But hey, uh, we're in, we're in a, mess, uh, a series called Truth Bombs, and so I, wanna, um, I want to tackle a truth in the Bible um, that is physical healing. And I, I, I saw... Um, a post maybe a few weeks ago now of a woman who was at a church with a pastor that, that I respect, so I'm not trying to dog this pastor or this church, but she was being delivered on open for everyone to see, and she was screaming, and she was getting baptized, and all these people were going over there, and so um, I'm all about the screaming and the freedom and all of that, but I don't know if it should have been like posted for everybody to see. I don't know. Maybe they got her permission, so um, but anyways, it was, it, was this, it was a powerful encounter with God either way. And so, um, and, and I was reading all the comments, and there were so many people that were saying, you know, the power of God is not for today. Like, that's, the, the, the girl is making that up. How do you know it's real? Uh, and all of this stuff. And, and then I was proud of some of the comments because they would come back with scripture saying the power of God is for today. Like, it, this stuff happens today. And then they would bring scripture, and then they would ask the people that were saying it wasn't for today to bring scripture. And of course they don't answer because there isn't, there isn't one. And so, um, but anyways, at this church, if you've been here for any amount of time, you know that we believe that the power of God is for today. Um, but, but there might be some questions in here about is healing for today, but is healing for always? And, uh, and so I want to answer that question. Why doesn't God heal all the time? Or does he? Why doesn't God heal all the time? And this is a tough one because I personally have never heard anybody talk about this on a Sunday at church, and it's sensitive because there would be people here in a, in a crowd this size where you've probably known somebody that's been sick and maybe have passed away, or maybe you're sick and you've been prayed for numerous times and you haven't seen healing, uh, and so you're questioning, man, is it God's will to heal all the time, uh, or does it just vary, and are there, what, you know, what are the reasons why, and, and, and if it's not God's will to heal all the time, then there's your answer. Like he, it's almost like he has a, uh, only so much power and then he runs out of power so he has to pick and choose who he gets to heal. And so, man, if you give more, if you go to church more, if you pray more, if you fast more, maybe God will choose you. But that's completely false. God doesn't run out of power. He is power. And so it's eternal power and there is enough power uh, to, to flow into your life. And as Christians, um, really, if you want to, be technical, we do get healed every time, all the time of everything in this life or in the next life. So you don't enter into heaven with a sickness. I tell people, you know, you can enter heaven with a separated shoulder, but not separated from God. But if you, but when you get to heaven, your separated shoulder will be put back into place. You know, you'll have a, you'll have a new body and, and uh, uh, healing will be, be your portion when you get there. So, so, um, so at the end of the day, we all do get healed of anything all of the time. But I like Jesus because he says, you don't have to wait till you get to heaven to experience heaven. When the disciples asked him how to pray in Luke eleven two, he says, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
And so you don't have to wait till you get to heaven to experience heaven. You can pray, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In heaven, there is no sickness. There is no pain. There is no cripple. There is no blind eyes or deaf ears. Everything is whole and healed. So at the end of the day, you do get healed. But for me to stand up here and tell you, hey, don't worry about you being sick or your friends being sick or you being in pain, when you get to heaven, it's all going to be great. That's, that's a, a nice thing to say, and I know some people, some Christians would say that, but to me, that's a big, fat cop-out. And it, it reduces the responsibility of being a Christian and enforcing the will of God here on earth. Because I believe that you are meant to be healed every time, all the time, of everything here on earth, not just when you get to heaven. And so it's an easy way to preach to just say, hey, don't worry about it when you get to, but you know what? Jesus never said that. He never said that. He healed all that came to him. Everybody that came to him got healed. And so if it is God's will to heal all the time on earth, then, then we, we, can, we can declare that when we pray. We can call heaven to earth. And so I want to prove to you that it is God's will to heal every time, all the time on earth before you get to heaven. Amen? Amen. Amen. You guys ready to hear some scriptures? Exodus 15, 26 says, for I am the Lord who heals you. This is God introducing himself as I am the, the Lord who heals you. It doesn't say I am the Lord who makes you sick. I am the Lord who causes you to be oppressed. I am the Lord who gives you diseases. He says, I am the Lord who heals you. It doesn't say I am the God that stands beside and lets you get sick. It says, I am the God that heals you. Um, he is our father. Our Father who art in heaven. He is our Father. I'm a father. I have three kids. Can you imagine if I made my kids sick here on earth? I'd be put in jail. Yet we think God makes us sick so that he can teach us lessons or we can learn something from them. How many people have heard that before? God makes me sick. Man, well, I'm just trying to learn something. Whatever God's doing in my life, whatever God's doing in my life, he's not doing it. He's not doing it. The devil is doing it. I watched a, a, a TV show years ago. Uh, maybe 10 years ago, and it was a very um, prevalent pastor um, of a very large church who had a very big audience, probably millions of people watching, and he had this guy on his show, and the guy um, had beaten cancer um, through chemo and, uh, you know, probably prayer or whatever, and the first thing the guy says was, he says, the first thing I need you to know, everybody, is that God gives you cancer. And I literally wanted to throw my shoe or whatever at the TV, but I turned it off because I don't want to fill my head with that garbage because God is not the author of pain and disease. He is a redeemer. He is the God that heals you, not the God that get, makes you sick. If, if he is the author of sickness, then we can't go to the doctor because you'd be against his will and you'd be in sin. And then if it was his will for you to be sick, how do you know when it's over? Okay, I've been sick for a couple of weeks. God, is your will over? Have you taught me everything you've meant to teach me? Come on, we can learn from anything, but God's not the author of, of sickness or disease. 
The author of sickness and disease is the devil, and I started at the fall. So if you want to get mad at somebody, get mad at the devil. Don't get mad at God. So many Christians blame God for being sick or for people not getting healed. Blame the devil. Take out your anger and your passion on him, not on God, because God is a God that redeems. He's not an inflictor of pain. Psalm 103, 2 to 3 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all of our iniquities, sins, who heals all of our diseases. Somebody say all. all. Isaiah 53, 4 to 5. Surely he has borne or carried our griefs. That word griefs means physical affliction, pains, ailments, sicknesses, diseases, covers the gamut. And carried our sorrows. Sorrows means similar to what griefs means. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. We are healed. Healing and salvation are in the same passage of Scripture. Psalm 103, Isaiah 53, healing and Sins, forgiveness of sins are in the same scripture. Yet we as Christians, we as the church specifically, have only preached salvation, not healing. But it's in the same scripture. You can't separate. It's part of the atonement. Jesus actually went to the whipping post, and by his stripes we are healed. And then he went to the cross, and by his blood we are saved, and we are free. And so part of the atonement is physical healing as much as spiritual salvation it's in the same scripture what if the church has been had been preaching physical healing and spiritual salvation for the last 200 years how many more miracles do you think we would see but we separate it i don't know about you but i've never seen somebody come up to the altar and been like i want to give my my life to jesus i've never not believed that was happening but people come up to get healing, and a lot of people believe that that's not happening, or that's not part of the atonement, or Jesus didn't pay for that for whatever reason. But it's in the same scripture. It's in the exact same scripture. And so you can actually reject salvation but receive healing. Did you know that? Or you can reject healing and receive salvation. You can do both. You can do both. You don't have to be saved to be healed. But let me just tell you, if you're here today and you get healed and you're not saved, you should probably get saved. Because <laughs> Jesus is the healer. Jesus is the healer. Um, a great way to look at the will of God um, is by looking at the life of Jesus. He is the will of God in action on earth. And so the gospel of John says that Jesus didn't do anything. He didn't first see God do or say anything. He didn't first hear God say. And so everything he did was the will of God. Matthew 8, 2 to 3 says, And behold, a leper came to worship Jesus, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Is it the will of God to heal? Then Jesus put his hands and touched him and said, I am willing. It is my will. Be cleansed. And immediately the leprosy left him. Matthew 8, 17 says, when evening had come, they brought to Jesus many who were demon possessed. And he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. I like Jesus because he just cast them out with a word. He didn't counsel them for 45 minutes or two hours or three hours. He just said, devil, get out in Jesus name. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, He himself took our infirmities, there it is again, and bore our sicknesses. So Matthew is confirming the word 700 years earlier by Isaiah, saying, This is the Messiah. He's the one that has taken our sins and healed our sicknesses. This is him. He healed all. 
Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all, say all, who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. Not all who were oppressed by God, but all who were oppressed by the devil. He healed them all. Why would God make you sick and then send his son to die on a cross to heal you? He wouldn't do it. He wouldn't do it. Jesus was anointed to heal all who were oppressed by the devil. 1 Peter 2, 24, who himself, Jesus, bore our sins in his own body. Here it is again, sins and healing, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. You were healed. There it is again, sins being forgiven and body being healed, but this time it's different. In Isaiah, and all through Jesus' ministry, the three and a half years he was on the planet, all through that, he was living on a prophetic word from Isaiah. It was almost like he was living on a credit card. Him and the disciples were doing business, healing the sick, raising the dead, doing their thing, casting out devils on a prophetic word from Isaiah. But then something happened between Isaiah and 1 Peter 2.24, because Peter says, who we were healed by his stripes. He's looking backwards. So Isaiah was looking forwards. Peter's saying, man, it already happened. It's in the book. The, the cash is in the bank. All we got to do is cash the check because it's already happened. We're not off operating on a prophetic word. We're operating on a fact that it already happened. We were healed by his stripes. In fact, in fact, you were healed before you were saved. Jesus went to the whipping post before he went to the cross. So let's just imagine the disciples got a bunch of Navy SEALs, okay? And they're like, hey, hey, right after Jesus goes to the whipping post, I want you to fly in a helicopter, rescue Jesus before he gets to the cross. You'd still be healed because it was by his stripes that you were healed. So you could be healed before you even get saved, as I said earlier. So the money's in the bank. All we got to do is cast a check. So it is God's will to heal everybody all the time of everything. If we don't pray like it's the will of God to heal everybody all the time of everything, we're not going to get any results. Because if you're double-minded, the Bible says do not expect results. That's why we got to get this in our spirit that it is the will of God to heal Every time, all the time, of everything. It's in the same passage of scriptures. I just gave you three different passages where healing and salvation are in the exact same passages of scripture. Okay, so I got eight points. All right? If it's the will of God, the 830 was rough. If it's, if it's the will of God to heal all the time, every time, of everything, then why doesn't it sometimes happen here on earth? So I want to tell you eight reasons or observations why I've seen it potentially not happen. Now, I'm not making rules for Jesus. If we make rules Jesus didn't make, we're, gonna get, we're not going to get the results that Jesus got. And so he can move in any of these situations. He's God. He's God, okay? But I'm just going to give you some ideas, some perspectives of, of uh, why sometimes it may not happen and in turn telling you what we need to make it happen. First one is our will. Our will. Our will. There's three wills at play. Your will, the devil's will, and God's will. And oftentimes the will of God does not happen. 
People think the will of God is just going to happen. All we got to do is do nothing and the will of God will happen. Again, that, that removes responsibility for you and I here on earth as being a Christian. So Jesus said that it is, it is my will that none should perish, but all should come to repentance. Yet there are people every single day rejecting God, rejecting Jesus. So their will is overpowering the will of God because his will is that all would come. Jesus' will was not to go to the cross. It might have been his will when he left heaven, but then when he got to the Garden of Gethsemane and he saw the cross and he realized the pain, he said, Jesus, is there any way this cup could pass from me? Yet not my will, which is not to go, thy will be done. And he went to the cross. So your will is powerful. I was praying for this, this lady, this is, you know, years ago. Um, probably just a few years into being at Awakened Church, and, and uh, we used to do these DNA classes where we talk about the gifts of the Spirit and different things, and, and I was teaching one day, and we would have people write what they wanted from Jesus on a little card, because Jesus would often say, hey, what do you want me to do? And they would tell him, and then he would do it. So we'd say, hey, what do you want Jesus to do for you today? And they would write down on this little card, and, um, and then we would read it. It might be private, so you didn't want it out, out loud or whatever. So she wrote down on this card. She was in a wheelchair, and she said, I want to be healed. And I was like, let's go. And so we prayed. And after we were done praying, I said, hey, did you, did you feel anything? Did you sense anything? You don't always need to feel anything or sense anything, but a lot of times that happens. And so she said, yeah, I felt heat go down my spine. And she said, my spine is like hot right now. And I said, okay, in my experience, I know that when heat touches your body, oftentimes healing follows. And so I said, okay, do you want to walk? And she said, yes. So we, I picked her up out of the chair. She'd been in her wheelchair for 14 years. And we took about 15 steps together at the gym in Carmel Valley Middle School. And as we got to the end of taking those steps, she was getting a little bit tired because how many people know if you don't walk for 14 years, it's tiring to take a step. <laughs> so at the end of like 15 steps, she's tired. and She says, I want to go back into my chair. And I was like, in my spirit, I was like, ah. Oh. I don't want you to go back in your chair. Because if you go back in your chair, you might stay in your chair. And so, but she wanted to go back in her chair. And it's not my will. It's her will. And I'm not going to fight her will as much as I didn't want her to go back in. And so she goes and sits back in. And then she starts to tell me how, how much privilege she got when she was in her chair. How many, how many high-level politicians and famous people she's met because she's been handicapped. How she gets to sit in the front all the time and meet all these people. And what I realized is that her will was not actually to get healed. She was having so much privilege. Her will was to stay where she was because it was comfortable and it gave her position. Our will is powerful. I was praying for this other lady. She was an older lady and she, they had said she has like maybe a day to live. And so I go to the hospital and I went to her and I said, hey, um, what would you like Jesus to do for you? And she said, I just want to see all my kids one more time. So she had a few kids and they all lived all over the country. Um, and of course, I was like, not your will be done, my will be done. I'm praying for complete healing. <laughs> so I prayed for her and I'm, you know, going after her or whatever. And she was supposed to die within 24 hours. She lived another three or four days. And it was only after her last child got into town, she got to see her last child and she passed away. Because her will wasn't to live. She was done. She was like, my will is just to see all of my kids and then go to heaven. And so that's what happened. Um, when, when I pray for somebody, I, I, I try to get agreement. 
If I can get agreement, I know there's power. The Bible says, Matthew 18, 19, again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. And so if I'm praying for something that you don't want, there's disagreement and there's no power. And so your will is powerful uh, when it comes to healing. Number two, there's a power shortage. Somebody needs to have some power. Acts 1.8 says, you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes on you. Luke 10.19 says, behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. The person praying, maybe they have not received power. Or maybe you have not received power. Or maybe you don't know that you have been given authority over all the power of the enemy. If you don't know you have power or you don't have power, if you don't know your authority or don't have your authority, then you will not have any power. You will not have, see any results. Because if you don't know it, guess who else knows, uh, knows it? The devil knows it. If you don't know you have power, the devil knows you don't have power. If you don't know you have authority, the devil knows you don't have authority. And so devils don't leave by you being nice. They leave by you acting in authority and power. Sickness won't leave by you asking God if it's your will to be healed. No, sickness will only leave if you speak to that thing and you command it to, to leave or you command healing to come. So somebody's got to have, somebody's got to have some power. So that's why I personally believe that operating in the power of God always comes back to identity. Do you know who you are? Are you living like a slave or a son? Come on. If you're a son, you have access to everything that Jesus had access to. If you're living by a slave, you got to beg for everything. You, you need to live like a son or a daughter of God to operate in the power of God because that's who you are. So it always comes back to identity and if you know who you are. So somebody needs some power. Third one, bad theology. Bad theology. I see stuff all the time, like I mentioned earlier, where people saying healing's not for today, the power of God left with the disciples, da 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 um, That is not true. Um, so, so we can't pray those prayers of if it's your will, like I said, because we already know it's the will of God to pray. So if you have bad theology, then you're going to get bad results. If, if, you, if you, your experience doesn't match the Bible, you don't reduce the Bible to your experience. You raise your experience to what the Bible says. Come on, if you haven't seen any healing, doesn't mean people aren't getting healed. Just because I don't make a billion dollars doesn't mean there's somebody out there that's not a billionaire. That doesn't make any sense. Just because it didn't happen for me doesn't mean it can't happen for somebody else. So we need to raise our theology, our experience to the Bible, not reduce the Bible to our experience. But what if it, what if it doesn't happen? What if it does happen? People don't pray because they, they have bad theology and they wonder, man, what if it doesn't happen? God's going to look bad or I'm going to look bad or, you know, they're going to lose faith in God or whatever. Don't ever let that stop you from praying for somebody. I was, I was, uh, I was over praying um, for a house that my wife and I are believing for. And um, if you know our story, we sold our house like a year ago and we're, we're believing for another house. So we, we were over there. We put in an offer that was a lot lower than asking price. And so um, we're just trying to give God an opportunity to move if he wants to move. But, but I felt myself, um, I, I drove over there, and I'm sitting in front of the house, and I'm praying, prophesying, doing my thing. And, but I felt like I was kind of protecting my heart. And I was like, ah, oh, because I didn't want to get hurt. Like, if I don't get it, I don't want to get hurt. So I don't want to give everything. What if it doesn't happen? 
What if it doesn't happen? And so I, f- I felt the Holy Spirit tell me, remember when you met your wife? Like, like you had to give your whole heart to your wife if you want to experience true love. You had to be willing to get your heart broken to experience true love. So I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying, if you want to experience true love, God is love, the true power of God, you have to be willing to get your heart broken. you got to go all in. You can't be double-minded. You can't be protecting yourself. You have to be willing to get your heart broken because guess what happens if I get my heart broken? Jesus heals broken hearts. So I'd rather get my heart broken going all in than going, man, what if it doesn't work? What if it doesn't work? So you want to see results, you got to go all in. Be willing to not see it happen so that you can see it happen. Number four is a faith issue. There's got to be some faith in the scenario in order to see healing happen. James 5.15 says, and the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise them up. And if he had committed sins, he will be forgiven. Oh, there it is again, healing and forgiveness. Um, so there has to be faith somewhere. There has to be faith somewhere. When I pray for people, I don't care if you have faith or not, because I have faith. The prayer of faith will save the sick. So when I'm praying, I'm praying with my faith. If you don't have faith, that's okay. Today, if you're here and you're like, man, I got no faith, it's all right. I got faith for you. We have faith for you. People in this room have faith for you. But there's got to be some kind of faith. Oftentimes, Jesus says, uh, like the woman with the issue of blood, daughter, your faith has made you well. So it wasn't Jesus's faith. It was the faith of the person. I've prayed for people with no, f- I haven't had anything. I'm like, man, this ain't happening. And then they get healed. It's like, daughter, by your faith, you have been healed. And I'm okay with that. I don't care as long as you get healed. So you need faith. I need faith. Or they need faith. There's a story in Mark 2 where the, the, the four guys lower their friend down in front of Jesus. And Jesus says, by their faith. You have been made well. So somebody needs some faith. Somebody needs some faith. And today, we got faith for you. Um, Don't ever tell the person that you're praying for they don't have enough faith. When I first uh, started coming to Awaken or got got on staff, I was in the office, and someone called the office and said, hey, we just started coming to Awaken. Um, Do you guys believe in healing? I was like, you've called the right person. They said, well, my last church, the pastor told my wife who has cancer, the reason she didn't get healed is because she didn't have enough faith. And I said, that was a lie from the pit of hell. Bring her into our church and we will believe God with her. Because guess what? Jesus never said that. Jesus never went to somebody who was sick and said, you don't have enough faith, therefore you're not getting healed. He said to his disciples, you don't have faith. But he never said to the victim, or to the person that was sick, you don't have faith. Don't ever say that, and don't ever even worry about it. If you're praying, you, you have the faith. The prayer of faith will save the sick. A lot of times there's plenty of faith in the scenario, but the faith is in the doctor or the drugs or the disease. Sometimes we believe in the disease more than we believe in the cure, and so we don't get healed, um, but there's faith in the wrong thing. So number five, a lack of honor. To God or those whom he has sent. Mark 6, 4 to 6 says, But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. Now he could do no mighty work there, Jesus, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their 
unbelief. So sometimes there's a familiarity issue and you don't honor the person praying for you like they are a sent from God or like they carry the power of the Holy Spirit or whatever. And so you don't have honor in them. Therefore, you can't believe. Therefore, you don't get results. So Jesus went into his hometown. If you read the scripture, he just did all kinds of miracles. And then he rolls up in his hometown, and they're like, who is this, the carpenter's son? I don't believe this guy can do this. And so only a couple of people that came to him got healed. Everybody that came to him still got healed, but so many didn't because they had a lack of honor. So they didn't believe that he could do it. I know Morgan Irvin has this story he wrote in his book about me. He didn't believe I carried the power of God, so he didn't want me to pray for him. And so it was hilarious because God's like, no, it's not about him. It's about me. And so he comes up kind of reluctantly, but like, okay, God. And then he gets healed from, a, from a, 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 a back injury that he had had that he had spent over $100,000 of his own money going to doctors on medications. He was on the highest dose of legal medication he could be for his back pain. And, uh, and he didn't want to get prayed for by me because he didn't think I carried the power of God. And so God said, it ain't about him. Go get prayer. And he got healed right in front of me. He's crazy. It's not about us. It's about him. And so it's not the person that's healing you. It's Jesus healing you through the person. So you got to have, you got to have honor. Matthew 10, 40 says, anyone who receives you, Jesus receives me. Anyone who receives me receives the father who sent me. So receive the ministers or the, or the people, the, the ministry team up here. The ministry team up here has been trained to, to pray. They got faith. They got all that. So when you come up to get prayer for whatever it is, have faith that God has sent them. Because if you receive them, you receive me. If you receive me, you receive him. Number six, we give up. We give up. Faith never gives up. Jesus prayed twice for a blind man, twice for the demoniac. And I think they put that in there to tell us that Jesus was perfect and he had to pray twice for a couple people. So we should be able to pray more than once for somebody if we don't see immediate results. So faith never gives up. Faith always believes. There's a scripture in the Bible where Jesus goes to, uh, to heal Jairus' daughter. And they come up and they say, don't bother the teacher. Your daughter is dead. And Jesus says, do not fear, only believe. Only believe. You and I are called to only believe. That's our role. That's our job. Number seven, words. Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. If you keep declaring, I am sick, I have cancer, I have disease, I have blindness, I have deafness, then you're cursing what God's trying to bless. You can say... I have healing, I'm experiencing this, or I've been diagnosed with this, but healing is what you have. Healing is who you are. Freedom is what you have. I talked to this, this, this girl um, a few years back, and she had, um, she was previously addicted to alcohol, and she was going to AA, and, um, and I appreciate AA to a certain extent. I know they've helped a lot of people, but they stop when it comes to total freedom, because when you go there, you have to declare that you're an alcoholic, makes no sense if you read the Bible. Jesus didn't die on a cross so that you could stay addicted to anything. He died on a cross to set you free. So I would say, my name's John, and I've been set free, and who the sun sets free is free indeed. So I started to tell her, declare that. Don't declare you're an alcoholic. And guess what? I didn't even have to pray for her. She got herself free. 
stop cursing what God's trying to bless. Sometimes it's taken a long time for us to get sick. It may take a little bit for us to push out that sickness. Come on, you're putting life in where there's been death. You're putting life in where there's been death. Sometimes it takes a minute to get it out. That's why uh, Pastor Andrew Kabbalah will always say, he's a healing evangelist, he'll always say after you get prayer, just declare for the next 48 hours, God, thank you for healing me. God, thank you for healing me. Because we know death and life come, are in the power of the tongue. Death comes first for a reason. It's easier to say, oh, I'm just, I'm just sick. I'm just tired. I'm just, I have. It's easier to say that than to speak to those things that aren't as though they are. It's easier than let the weak say, I am strong. Because when you're weak, you want to just say, I'm weak. Let the weak say, I am strong. Your words have power. The last one, number eight, I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes there's been times where it feels like I've had faith. feels like they've had faith. It feels like they've had faith. But yet, I don't see healing. There's been times where everybody's had faith. There's even keys playing in the background. And for whatever reason, there's a power shortage. Something doesn't happen. Something doesn't work. And I remember years ago going, man, what is happening? Like, God, the Bible says this. This is what I believe. I, I believe that's what the Bible says. And, and God took me to this scripture, which I've used many times, but this was the original reason why God took me here, and it's in John 6, 66. And it's Jesus talking to his disciples, and they're confused about what he's trying to teach them, so a lot of them just leave. They're like, I don't understand. I'm gone. And then he goes... Then Jesus said to the 12, do you also want to go away? But Simon Peter answered him and said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also, we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. At the end of the day, we got to get in our spirit that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And just because we don't understand doesn't mean we get to leave. It doesn't mean we get to stop believing or stop being a Christian just because we don't understand. At some point, we just have to know that he is true and everything else is a lie. And we got to believe him no matter what. No matter what our experience is, this is what the truth says. So I'm going to stick in here and keep going. I'm going to keep believing. The Bible doesn't give us permission to go back on the word of God or lose faith. It doesn't give us permission to do that. I talked to uh, Tim Hall, who's another healing evangelist, like in the early days, and I got to ask him a question. And I was like, Tim, what happens if you pray for somebody and then they die? And this might sound a little bit crude, but just understand where I'm coming from. He says, if I pray for somebody and they die, I will step over that person and pray for this person. And if I pray for this person and they die, I will step over that person and pray for this person. And if I pray for this person and they die, I will step over this person and I will pray for this person because the Bible says that it is the will of God to heal and my job is to believe. Come on, you don't get credit for the healing. Don't take the blame when they don't get healed. Your job is to pray. Your job is to believe. Come on, the next person you pray for is depending on your faith. Don't give up.
because you don't know. Don't give up because you don't understand. Continue to believe. Continue to pray. Continue to press in because faith never gets up. And sometimes we don't know, but I do know that God is good. I do know that God is the Lord that heals you, doesn't make you sick. I do know that he gave his back for your healing. I do know that he gave his blood for your salvation and for your freedom, for your prosperity. That's what I know. And I'm going to go to the grave swinging for the fences. If I strike out, I strike out. But if I connect, come on, someone's life's going to get changed. Come on. So why don't we stand to our feet? We're going to pray in just a minute. But before we do, I want to ask a question. There might be people here and you've never given your life to Christ. You've never said, Jesus, come into my life. He is the healer. He is the one that provided your salvation and your healing. So if you're here and you've never done that, you've never said, Jesus, I want to follow you. Or maybe you did at one point, but your life's a mess, and you're like, man, I need to get back on track. I need a second chance. I feel very, very far from God. If you're one of those two people, can you just lift your hand real quick? I want to pray for you before we pray for healing. Is there anybody like that? Thank you. God bless you. Thank you over there. Thank you over there. Is there anybody else? Anybody else I can pray for really quickly? Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. 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 We're going to pray a prayer. There's a few of you that lifted your hand. Very, very proud of you. We're going to pray a prayer. The whole place is going to pray it. And Jesus is going to come into your life. The healer, the miracle worker, Jesus. The greatest miracle you could ever experience is going to heaven. It's the greatest miracle, being saved. So let me just pray this prayer. Everybody, repeat after me. Say, dear Jesus. I thank you for sending Jesus. Let me start over. Dear God, I thank you for sending Jesus to die on a cross for my sins. I thank you for sending Jesus to the whipping post that I might be healed. I thank you, Jesus, that you are the Christ, that you were raised from the dead. And today, I declare... I am saved, that heaven is my home, and that God is my Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we clap? There's a few people that raised their hand. Right over here, we have a response lounge. Some of our team, if you lifted your hand, I want you to stop by there on your way out. We have a book for you. We can pray with you. Uh, we have a Bible we can give you to help you on your journey. On the way out, we'll just, just uh, stop in for a few minutes. But right now, I want to pray for some people. Um, if you have sickness in your body, if you have pain in your body, if you've been diagnosed with a condition or a disease, I want you to come forward, and we're going to pray. If that's you, come on forward. It's fun to be back at Balboa, where all the faith-filled, Holy Ghost, devil-stomping Christians are. This morning I felt like there was, um, that there were some people that were going to be here today that have been suffering with a spirit of infirmity. Spirit of infirmity is just a sick spirit. So when a sick spirit gets on you, sickness will stay on you. Sometimes it manifests in different ways, but all the time there's no cure. Doctors can't figure it out. You can't medicate a demon, so medication doesn't really work. And there's always like this struggle. And I felt like this morning that 
one of the things we need to deal with first is the spirit of infirmity. And so I want to pray for you this morning. I'm going to do a general prayer over, over you. And all I want you to do is put your, put your hands out in front of you like you're ready to receive something. I don't want you to pray. I want you to receive. All of us have faith for you in, the, in this room. If you're out there, I want you to just stretch out your hands towards these people as we pray. And then uh, after I'm done praying, we're going to lay hands on everybody that's, that's up, up at the front. Because the Bible says... And if you believe when you lay hands on the sick, they will recover. And God is faithful to perform his word. So that's what's going to happen today. So just receive, just receive this. Father, I thank you right now for the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're here. I can already feel you moving through people on the altar. And in the name of Jesus, I take authority over sickness, pain, disease, ailments, conditions in Jesus name I take authority over you in the name of Jesus I take authority over a spirit of infirmity in the name of Jesus spirit of infirmity I command you now in the name of Jesus to loose the people of God get off their life in Jesus name infirmity disease sickness go now in Jesus name get off their life I forbid you to hinder healing any further. I come against the generational curses of sickness in your life in the name of Jesus. I cut it off now in Jesus' name. I break the power of generational curses of infirmity and sickness in Jesus' name. Release them now. Shift off their life in Jesus' name. Now, I break your power. I break your power in the name of Jesus. By his stripes, they are all healed. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you that whatever the need is, you are the solution. You are the healer. So right now, I just release healing. Release healing over every person. Come on, I can feel the presence of God in here. Some of you might feel something. Some of you might feel nothing. By faith, healing is touching your body right now. In Jesus' name, let it go right through every person. Holy Spirit, thank you for healing. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.